Welcome back to the Dental Elements Podcast. Today on episode number 27, our guest is Brian Mayer. Brian is the co-founder of Bristol Health, and we will be discussing all things of being reactive treatments to proactive management of health based on new technology provided by analyzing DNA. Super exciting scientific stuff here, guys. So stay tuned. Cheers. Hi, Brian. Thanks for joining us today. Go ahead and tell us your story. Awesome. Well, thank you both so much for having me. It's great to connect. So I'm Brian Maurer. I'm one of the co-founders at Bristle. Um, you can find us at bristlehealth.com. So my background is in genomics, actually. So did not start in oral health. I originally started my career at a sequencing giant known as Illumina in San Diego. So there learned all things about the genomic space, the genomics market, got to see the really cool shift taking place um, in healthcare enabled by genomics. Spent a little more time, about a year at a company, Twist Bioscience after that but was always in the genomics next-gen sequencing space and then kind of pivoted, obviously, into oral health. My co-founder and CEO, Danny Granick, we have seen the shift, as I mentioned, taking place in healthcare, where genomics was enabling taking this shift from reactive treatments to proactive management of health based on new information provided by analyzing the DNA of things. So looking in the oncology space or non-invasive prenatal testing, where you can transition some of these very invasive procedures to a blood test and start to catch disease earlier and kind of focus on prevention. And one of the spurring moments to get us in towards Bristle is I'm someone who has spent a lot of time and money in the dentist chair, unfortunately. I'd brush, I'd floss, I would do everything, and then I'd go and inevitably have a cavity or some sort of issue every time I went. I remember at the time, my uh, hygienist said, I had asked, I said, you know, my so Brian, you're, you're kind of cutting out, but so you were saying you'd go to the dentist and you would work so hard brushing and flossing, but you still have a ton of cavities, but your sibling who just had trash mouth and didn't care would have none. Yeah. So we'd essentially do the same thing and I'd have the cavities and yes, she won it. I see that all and the they time. Told me, it's just not fair, huh? <laughs> yeah. And they said, you know, you just have bad teeth and it's genetic. And I figured, well, I work in genetics, so I should figure this out. And then, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Keep telling your story. Yeah. So, you know, we dug in a bit and realized that a lot of oral disease actually stems from microbial infections. So buildup of pathogenic bacteria that will either release acid or trigger inflammation, spur diseases like periodontitis, gum disease, et cetera, et cetera. You, you are the experts, you know, this. along with that, this, this connection, the oral systemic link is something we hadn't been aware of, but we saw emerging in research, connections to diabetes, cardiovascular disease, and a number of other conditions, and these associations with the oral pathogens. So one of the technologies we were familiar with is called microbiome sequencing, which the microbiome is essentially the collection of all bacteria, viruses, and pathogens in a community. And it was really popular in gut. So looking at your gut microbiome to understand connections to IBD or other diseases. But we hadn't seen anybody do it in the oral space. So we figured disease is caused by a lot of these bacterial pathogens. We know the technology exists to look at all of them. Let's do that. And that sort of spurred bristle. That is so fascinating. I love that kind of stuff because that's what I'm always talking to patients about. 
we're not so much worried about your teeth. It's the bacteria and the things that are going on and the really the little bugs and getting into your system and into your bloodstream. And to me, it's very fascinating. And it's fascinating too, that we don't focus more on this. Like you are luckily there's people like you that can focus on this and come up with a solution. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's but the analogy I've come up with is I think a lot of people tend to think of their teeth and their dentist like a mechanic. You know, you go in, you get them polished, you get them fixed up. If there's a hole in it, you patch it. But the way I have come to think of it is it's much more like a coral reef or a, an environment where you have a number of different species and it's a community of bacteria and you're trying to keep them healthy because the good ones are great for you. They break down food, they release vitamins, they, they keep you healthy and they fight off these other pathogens. But, you know, if you get an imbalance of the bad things or you don't take good care of it, that's when the fallout starts to happen. Right. I worked at dentistry for like 10 years before I went to hygiene school. And then when I learned that cavities or caries were contagious, yep. I was shocked. I'm like, why didn't I know this? Like, and I was in dentistry for 10 years. This is something that we should be teaching people or kids. You know, we say don't share straws. We should say why. Yeah. Luckily, the one good thing about the C word is that um, we learn you know, <laughs> about germs and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's, I, I think that's a big piece that really spurred our passion and our interest in moving. So we're a direct to consumer test. And what we came upon is there's a wealth of information and a lot of great tips and resources available to prevent oral disease. But for whatever reason, they haven't made its way into the common zeitgeist of knowledge of oral health. I think a lot of people just default to brush floss and just kind of set it, forget it. You know, why do you brush? Why do you, is it important to floss? Why is it troublesome to have an acidic environment in your mouth. Those kinds of things I think are, are important to stress. Yeah. And at the same time, I have patients that have really dirty mouths, like tons of plaque, tons of tartar, but no cavities. And some yeah. people are just scraped so clean and just so bare, but yet they have bone, you know, periodontal disease and bone loss and cavities. And, and so, I mean, obviously the bacteria that's in their saliva and the yeah. bloodstream, what have you done with this information? Yeah. So, um, so bristle essentially our offering is from a saliva test. We perform what's called microbiome sequencing. So we use next generation sequencing. So genomics to analyze the DNA from all the, in your saliva sample. And from that, we can tell sort of who's there once, so which bacteria are there, which good bacteria, bad bacteria, fungi, et cetera, et cetera. And then what quantities they're in. And then from that, we are, uh, able to give you a risk report of, you know, based on the buildup of these bacteria, you're at a higher risk for periodontal disease, or you're at a higher risk for cavities. And then the next step is connecting them with procedures that'll actually work best for them, or tips or guidance to help mitigate progression of the disease. Was it hard to find any dentists that believed in the product? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny you bring that up. I mean, so when we started, our first thought was, okay, oral health, let's go talk to dentists. So we did. And I think what we quickly found was just that they weren't going to be the early adopters of the product. It, it didn't really fit in with how they operate. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a novel technology, it's new. And I think the prevention mindset is, is a bit different. And so instead we decided, okay, well, let's just go directly to consumers. So that's sort of how we built the basis. And I, I've actually found a ton of support recently from the hygienist community, actually. And so I've had some great conversations in the last weeks and 
the dentists are coming along now, but I, I think there was a, a barrier there at first. It doesn't sound surprising. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say they, uh, the dentists are a little bit harder to, to get to bud. It's good to hear that, that they're finally listening to what you have to say and about the product. Yeah, and consumers, we're taking control of our health too, which is great. So we're able to find this information on our own as, as us, but our patients. And so we can have this information and hygienists really are the ones that will be explaining this to patients, telling them about it, whether they give it to them in the office or not, or, or let them know about it. Because some patients are just desperately trying to find something that can help. They're doing everything. They're spending hours every night and they're looking for some kind of help. And this is to have something to, to show them and let them take control and at least find out what it is that's causing this disease. And, and that's a huge tenant of ours is how do we empower patients to understand and own their oral health? You know, there, there's this stigma. When we talk to people in the space who have had issues with oral disease, there's a strong association with shame and embarrassment and sort of this feeling that, you know, no matter what I do, I'm going to get oral disease. I don't want to talk about it. I kind of, I don't want to, you know, 80 million Americans will avoid the dentist every year out of either fear or inconvenience. And, you know, I, I think we fall into this mindset of like, I'm just not going to go, you know, out of sight, out of mind. And that's something we really want to bring to the forefront is that it shouldn't be embarrassing. Oral disease is extremely common and there are tips and resources and products you can use to prevent it. You know, we want smiles to be a source of joy and a source of pride, not not a source of embarrassment or shame. And, you know, it's that's where I was so excited to connect with you all and other folks in the oral health space about how do we propagate that message. You've talked a lot about hygienists in the dental community. How'd you come across finding them through networking, through social media? So a few of them, actually from one of your former guests, Jill Myers Lippert, I had the pleasure of speaking with her a few weeks ago. We had connected just, I, I love the work she's doing for um, patients going through chemotherapy and the immunocompromised space. Obviously, those patients are adversely affected by bacteremia and other microbial infections as well. So it's, it's a space we've, we've been really interested in seeing if we could help too. And I believe she had connected with connected us with a few folks from the hygienist space but I've, I've been trying to search out any oral health care forums that's actually how I really connected with Cindy just looking for groups of people who are passionate about oral health to understand and connect because we want to do it the right way and you all are the experts and so it's, it's helpful to understand and make sure you know we're recommending the right treatments and, and connecting people with the right resources yeah and I think we connected on the California oral health united group and that's where jill i think came in as well so that's a really mm -hmm. great resource to bring oral health together you know the whole body health system so this is perfect perfect topic for that yeah. i'm glad that we're able to connect people that way to bring awareness yeah no i, I appreciate it yeah you, you all are spearheading this this work and this important messaging so it's it's great yeah. to, to connect with leaders like you so what kind of products do you recommend to patients once they get their test results back? Yeah, so that is something we're still building out. We're working with others and professionals in space. You know, there's, for, for folks at risk for periodontal disease, there's some historical treatments like working in a chlorhexidine rinse or some xylitol gum, or if you're at cavity risk, high fluoride toothpaste. We have seen some other more emerging technologies more focused around like xylitol, arginine bicarbonate. I had put on my radar the other day. And so 
those are some on the product side. Just plug here, we're, we're always interested in connecting with other professionals in the space who have recommendations or guidance here. So like yourselves, this is, this is helpful. And I, I think the other piece is just some tips for lifestyle or diet modifications you can make if you are in that high-risk category. Some things I had learned, I had thought you wanted to brush your teeth immediately after you had coffee or immediately after you ate, you know, get the acid off, get the truth off. And I came to learn your enamel's soft then, and you might actually be doing more damage. Or I'm somebody who drinks a lot of coffee and sparkling water, working in just a glass of still water next to me to kind of do a mouth rinse and reduce the exposure there. So just different tips we can also connect people with, as well as techniques for hygiene. I found out I'd been brushing my teeth wrong you know, with different techniques like modified bass technique or you know showing people the correct way to floss. We're using the C method instead of sawing back and forth and leading to more bleeding and more damage. I, I think trying to distill all of that information into something that's easy for our users to understand and incorporate are sort of the interventions we're looking at. I like how you're learning all that fancy terminology, <laughs> <laughs> the bass met modified bass and C-shape. Mm -hmm. That's that's dental toxic. You're learning a lot, a lot, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a firehouse. Like I said, I'm somebody who this was mostly new to. So it's, I've just been trying to immerse myself in it. Yeah. And it's fun. It's fun to learn something else. Like for us, it's like, I mean, we know about the bacteria and stuff, but just hearing your side and being able to pull it apart is amazing for us to learn about that. So it's a great, yeah, definitely a great uh, collaboration. Yeah. And I think one of the exciting differentiating aspects of our test. So there have been other tests that look at the bacteria and most of them will look at 15 or so bacteria, you know, the known pathogens. But in your mouth, there's hundreds of different pathogens. I think any number of 700 different species have been identified. And one difference from our test is we look at all of them. And we also look at the entire genome of every species. So not just looking at one little snippet of the bacteria, there's a technique called 16S, which is used a lot, where somebody looking at like the fingerprint of the bacteria. So you say, okay, this type of bacteria is there. But with our approach, since we're using whole genome, is we can look at it and essentially see the entire picture. So understand not just which which genus is there, but also the individual species. We can look for mutations. And this is all to say what's exciting for us is as we learn the genomes of every species there, we can start to understand what they're doing. So how this species is interacting with this species, how if this species breaks down carbohydrates and releases these metabolites that are then leading this bacteria to do this thing, this bacteria to do this thing. We really wanna uncover the picture of what the community is doing at that level. So kind of taking it that step beyond just who's there, really understanding what they're doing. Do you have like a little farm of these bacteria that you can test like rats or something <laughs> i think that's something we'd like to do eventually um it sounds it's gross but it's really cool at the same time like i would love to be a scientist like i love figuring things out and microbiology was one of my i was totally scared of it but then when i took it i was like it was so fascinating and i actually figured out what the what the disease was and it was just great watching it and figuring things yeah out. i think it's so cool um especially once you hit these breakthroughs or you understand, you know, this bacteria that's never been profiled before has this effect or is doing this sort of thing. I just think that the space is so cool, especially as we talked about, when you start to understand the connection between the oral systemic link of disease, it goes that step 
further of not just looking at the disease in the mouth, but how are these bacteria getting around the body and triggering systemic inflammation or associating or worsening their systemic diseases. And these are all things we're, we're very passionate about researching. And I think as we run more tests and build out our database of more of these microbes, we can start to uncover some of those connections, hopefully, and eventually develop better oral care products that actually work with your oral microbiome, as opposed to just trying to wipe it out with you know, a, a mouthwash that's harsh on the environment. We want to eventually get to the point where we're encouraging your body's natural defense to work and do what it was. Right. It does right. You, want, you want to keep the good bacteria because they're not all, all bad creatures, right? I mean, most, exactly. most of them are good, but there's like everything, there's always a few bad ones. Yeah. There's a few bad actors and <laughs> we just need yep. to keep them in check and let the good ones do their thing. Yeah. Speaking of actors. So you live in San Francisco now, but you were in Southern California. Yeah. 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 So, so are um, you an actor, an actor too? <laughs> I was in sales for a number of years, which sometimes I guess could feel like acting, but um, no, I was from South Orange County, it's a little surf town, so we were very much beach people, and then spent a number of years in San Diego, where I got very familiar with the beer scene down there, which I know is another passion of yours, and so. (laughs) Yeah, I love San Diego, and we love beer, so what's your favorite, what kind of beer do you like? I tend to go towards the IPAs, a very San Diegan mindset, you know, Bowles Point, I went to University of San Diego and Bowles Point Bowles was right Point. down the street. Yeah. So there's what's the fish? There's one with the fish on it. We were in San Diego. I guess that's a few years ago, but we went to Bowles Point. That was my favorite. And there was mm-hmm. was it pepper. Sculpin? Yes, Sculpin. That, yeah. was, that was my favorite. I love IPAs yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah, Sculpin's, Sculpin's great. And Illumina, the genomics company I was at, was in Miramar. And there's a number of breweries around there. So whenever we needed a company get together a happy hour type thing, it would they had buses that would take you around and we'd hit green flash and it was, it was a treat. <laughs> I miss I'll it. Make it up to Portland here. I'll take you to my brewery. Oh, I'd love to. Yeah. We, uh, we're not quite down to San Diego yet, uh, distributed down to California yet, but you, if you're on Tavor, you can get our product. Okay. I'll yeah, yeah. check it out. Yeah. Or, or if you're in San Francisco, I'm, I'm happy to, to find it as well. I, yeah. I was Actually, lucky to get in on the Pliny the Younger release the other day out of Russian uh, River. Okay, we had a um, we had a similar beer, Pliny the Elder. Yep. Pliny the Younger. Yeah, we did at one time. Yeah, Russian River. They're they're a good group of people. Yeah, and they make great beer. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a fun facility. I'm gonna be going down to California. I think Memorial Day weekend. Maybe I can take some beer down there for you. Awesome. I'd love that. And then also April and I are going to be doing an event here. We're not sure when, but yeah, you're welcome to come up to and even speak and, you know, kind of help get the word out. We'll send you some more information about that when it gets closer. Yeah. We'd love to have you come up and uh, help uh, educate people on this amazing discovery. Yeah. I'd love that. Like, you know, as I, as I mentioned, we, we really want to connect with other professionals and leaders, thought leaders in the oral health space and make sure, you know, the information we're giving our users is accurate, evidence-based, and, and really in their best interest. The community has been so welcoming, and I've loved seeing the mindset of prevention and ownership and empowerment. And, you know, given just the, the status of oral disease in the United States and beyond, you know, once we lock in what prevention techniques actually work or which products work for most people, how can we then work to spread that around the, the, the United States and beyond to people who may not have access to 
to oral health care right now. That's an interesting shift. I was thinking about this study because as we know, I'm, I'm actually an assistant, I'm a hygienist, but when patients come in, they're like, okay, they're just trying to sell me a bill of goods and make money. Here they're, they're, on, their, they're on their own doing this from home. So they don't have any reason to say, okay, the dentist is trying to make money off me. Here's some actual evidence in front of them that they were involved in. So they can see the results and say, okay, I do actually have to have some sort of preventative maintenance and home care. You're preventing the crown. You're preventing making money in the future. Right. But yeah, at the time it's hard for some patients, I guess, to see that part too. Right. So the onus now is on them. Totally. I mean, obviously they'll have to go to the dentist after they get the results. Right. But it's all hundred percent. It's been them doing the discovery of what's in their mouth. Mm-hmm. There's some credibility then to the dental industry saying, okay, yeah, that what they're saying is true. Yeah. And I think that's, I mean, that's just a part of it, right? It's like a lot of the standard of care procedures are just based on sort of detecting disease once it's already progressed. So looking for signs of tooth decay or looking at signs of inflammation or bleeding, which is which means the disease has already progressed. And so what we're hoping we can enable with Russell and, and with other similar products is how can we give them that objective view and that objective measure of the status of their mouth before they get to the point where they need to get fillings, root canals, and you know, those painful, expensive procedures. It's it's really about, you know, we think we could offer the space upstream of where they'll see the hygienist and the dentist of here's how you can manage your oral health at home and make those visits much more enjoyable, productive, and, and educated, more of a conversation rather than a lecture, I think is, is sort of the, the mindset. I think it takes maybe some of the suspicion out of the dental industry. Like, oh yeah, there is a lot, there's billions of bugs in my mouth and this is what they, the destruction they can cause. Absolutely. Yeah. Education, like I said, is, is another thing that, cause I didn't know, you know, now we started this company, but it gives you a different understanding, I think, and a different way of thinking about your oral health. And it's, so this is why they tell me to do this. And this is why I need to do this. Yeah. Less of a mystery. Exactly. In my operatory, there's a roof across out the window with tons of moss mm-hmm. and Every patient that sits down like, oh, there's a lot of moss on that roof. There's a lot of moss on that roof. And I'm like, yeah, isn't it something to look at, you know? And then, so yesterday, actually, I'm like, he's like, oh, that's a problem. I'm like, oh, why is it a problem? He's like, well, the moss, it could grow underneath the the roof and then it can spread and open the shingles. And did it, he told me the whole thing. I'm like, whoa. I said, I knew, I knew it was bad, but I didn't know why. I go, that's bad. They need to get that moss off of that. <laughs> and it totally changed my perspective. See, we learn from more from our patients than they do from us. And then, then I was like, oh, well, that's kind of like your teeth. That's why we're getting the moss off of your teeth because it can open it up and cause damage. And so now I'm going to start using that moss to explain that to my patients. Perfect. <laughs> it, was kind of, it was great. Yeah. Life loves to give us plenty of examples, you know, if we, <laughs> if we care to look for them. Mm-hmm, for sure. So you guys are focusing on the bacteria that causes oral disease, right? Mm-hmm. So, and I'm sure you have the technology but how, you know, how far do you go though? You know, you have to kind of niche it down, but you can like determine diabetes and things like that from the bacteria. Cause there's a correlation too. Uh, I know that's getting a little above the whole thing, but sometimes like we could go in and see a patient and pretty sure they have diabetes. It's like, have you seen your doctor? Or is there a history of diabetes and things like that? You should probably get a test. Yeah. So as you mentioned, we're starting with the initial focus on 
oral disease. So we'll be going, we have a research version available of our test right now. If you're interested in sort of seeing the picture of your microbiome and how it compares to other people's, that's available now on our site. But over the next few months, we're taking our test through a clinical validation to be able to validate that we can catch these signatures of cavities, gum disease, um, and really give that risk profile. But as you mentioned, one of the exciting things about our platform is down the road, what else can we discover? As you mentioned, diabetes tends to present in the oral cavity and cardiovascular disease and neurodegenerative disease, these other associations. One of the things we're really interested in and studying is what else can we figure out from this saliva sample? You know, what other markers can we look for along with a survey or along with a risk analysis upstream to start adding other diagnostics into the test? So you nailed it. That's that's something we're interested in. But at the time, starting with oral disease, I'll, I'll caveat. Right. You have to start in one spot and grow from there. Exactly. How old is your business? It's fairly new. Fairly new. Yeah. So the idea, Danny's our CEO and my co-founder. We had kicked it around for probably almost two years and it was always in the background. And with COVID, you know, with the lockdown, all of a sudden we had a lot more time to, to put into Bristol. So really last summer is when it started getting going. We picked up two other amazing co-founders, our scientist, David, who's a PhD in microbiology and has studied virology um, and our other co-founder, Shivam. And so we launched that research test I mentioned a few weeks ago and are progressing with the clinical validation now. But, but yeah, pretty pretty new as the company, but it's been a fun ride. Yeah, it always starts with a seed or an idea and it just keeps knocking on you. You're like, okay, we got to do it. And then you take the opportunity. And that's great that you were able to see, you know, something bad, but seize opportunity. Like, you know, this is a chance as well. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Now we were wishing we had done this sooner because obviously with lockdown, a lot of people, unfortunately, have skipped their dental checkups and it would be great to have sort of a stopgap or at least some way to survey them and monitor them at home in, in the time being. But, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Any dental research research facilities gotten a hold of you? Yeah, yeah. So one of the first things we did was reaching out to um, some professors at some dental schools who were interested in the oral microbiome, sort of to gut check the idea and understand, you know, what should we be looking for. So we haven't publicly announced it yet, so I can't say the name, but we are working with a, a leading dental school clinic in the in the United States, and they're helping advance that research and and sort of give us what to look for and guide. Come on, you can tell us. You can tell us here. Fill the beans. <laughs> Soon so enough. So you're in Soon California. So you have some pretty good, uh, pretty good schools there too, right? There are some great schools in California, but unfortunately, I, I can't share yet. I'll, I'll as soon as as soon as okay. we announce it, you'll you'll be the first to know. I'll tell you. We get your autograph. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Do we do we get your autograph when that happens? Like you know. <laughs> yes, I'll make sure. Yeah. I, I'll, yeah. I'll send it to you guys. Yep, you'll be you'll be the first to know. Yeah, this is the place you come to announce things for the first time. So just Perfect. so you know, just kind of like Oprah, like this is where you go to. Big reveals. The big reveal. Perfect. For sure. Yeah. I mean, if you need me as a recurring yeah. guest, I'm, I'm happy to. You, you guys are great to talk to. No, we would love it because we want to hear more on how this, how this evolves, especially being a new company. I love it because so the doors are just opening and so much is going to happen and so many exciting things for, for you as a company, but also for for patients, for people, for us, for our family. Yeah, That's great. Totally agree. Yeah. And how can people find, how can we find you? How can our guests find 
your website or your information? Yeah. So um, bristlehealth.com. So B-R-I-S-T-L-E health.com um, is our website. You can find us at Bristle Health on most social media platforms. And I'm Brian Maurer, Brian at bristlehealth.com. You can shoot me an email. Great. And we'll put everything in the show notes as well. So people can find the information easily. And we would love to have you come back on the show and come up to Portland. And um, next time we'll crack a beer too. Perfect. That sounds like a plan. April, you're on mute. You're on mute. Are you talking to yourself? (laughs) There I am. So yeah, I heard beer on that note is really good at killing microbes. So that should be Mm -hmm. in the plan. (laughs) And we need to put that in the report. Yeah. Culmination beers in particular. Perfect. Let's do a test. Yeah. Come up to culmination and we will get those microbes or those little bacteria and we'll put it to the test. Yeah. Some phage I think it's great. Perfect. Yeah. And you thought you were going to recommend toothbrushes to people, but really it's going to be <laughs> phaedrous. I, I, I think our consumers will be much happier with the beer recommendations anyways, but we'll, we'll do that. Thank you both so much for taking the time to talk with me. It, I really appreciate it and appreciate the work you're doing in the oral health space. Yes. Thank you for coming on. And yeah, thank you for coming on. To learn more about Brian and Bristol Health or about any of our past or future guests, uh, please visit our website at rootbeyond.com.